have to be imposed. And a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, 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 we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Aaron, this is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. Tim Foyle hack, Tim Foyle hack, Tim Foyle hack. And welcome to another fun festive episode of Tim Foyle Hat. Uh, you know who we are. You know what we're here to do. Join me as always, my partner in crime, XG, and the place to be. Yo, what's up? How are you, buddy? Good, good. Doing you guys good. can't see XG's pants, but it is super 80 spectacular. Look at that. Look at, Look at that, that. Stonewall. Leached him out. And in the corner is the most slept. The dude sleeps. The dude, the, he, Bobby Lee's the sleep king. You're the sleep emperor of the universe. Aaron, everybody in the corner. A lot of amazing uh, info to come out. We got a great show for you guys, okay? Uh, here's what we're going to do, man. First of all, I want to talk about next week, Boston. I'm at Laughs Boston. Go lastboston.com. I'm there November 15th. Oh, it's not next week. It's actually this week since it's coming out Monday. Uh, November 15th, 16th, 17th. I'm at Boston. I'm coming. And I promise you there will be murder. I'm going for a high body count. Come hang out and watch me rock. Okay? Yes, I'm a Dodger fan. Yes, I'm going into Boston. I'm going to take my lickings and I'm going to keep on ticking. Okay? So go to Laughs Boston. Big announcement. Big announcement, my special, Sam Tripoli, live from the Viper Room, Zero Fox, drops Monday the 15th. 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 Is it the 15th? It premieres November 15th. Okay, well, I guess it's on uh, November 15th. I think it was supposed to be the 16th, but I'll take the 15th. It is dropping November 15th. It'll be on Venmo. You'll be able to uh, download it and uh, tell your friends. I promise you, it is 42 minutes of pure Pure destruction, Viper Room, small, small. So that's November 15th it drops. And then, no, December 15th, I'm putting out my Christmas special, Armageddon. And that will drop. And that's also from the Viper Room. It's kind of like Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2. Okay? So go check that out. Guys, today's special, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at RidgeWallet.com. RidgeWallet.com. Okay? Go to RidgeWallet.com and use the promo code TFH10 and get 10% off any purchase with free worldwide shipping, okay? Basically, this is a wallet that helps you deal with the radio frequency identifications where basically these people can steal all your information from your wallet. They can basically get all your credit card information, all that stuff, and just hack in and jack your accounts. And with this, it's you can't. Basically, they got three different types of metals, whether it's uh, titanium, uh, what's the other ones? like Carbon fiber, aluminum. Yeah, carbon fiber, aluminum. Boom, you can get these put together, and it's it's meant to reduce the clutter in your wallet, okay? Because we're all walking around with these big-ass wallets, acting like we got mad cash in them, and we got nothing. But receipts for Jamba Juice and stuff like that. Hotel Clean cards. Wallet. Hotel cards. I know you got hotel I cards. I got a million. I don't know why. I just, I just, I love to basically hoard hotel cards. Make me feel like I've seen the world. Okay. I got, I got parking tickets I don't want to pay off. I got everything in there. Everything but cash. And if I do have cash, it's like singles. I'm like a day shift stripper. Okay. 
But thanks to Ridge Wallet, I don't have to worry about that, man. It is the wallet for the zombie apocalypse, all right? And I don't know if you live in L.A., but it seems like we're going through that right now. My mother's in town. She came and visited me, and just everything's going crazy, whether it's shootings and fires. It's all going on right when my mom lands. And my mom lives in upstate New York, Cortland, and it's like there's like 10,000 people there, and she thinks she lives in Compton. All we have is crosswalks and occasional meth lab, okay? But my mom thinks it's chaos. My mom would love a Ridge Wallet because she won't even let me put on on Facebook that she's visiting me because she thinks people will break into her house. That's how paranoid she is. <laughs> That's how crazy it is? Yeah. My mom's not. No, I live she in. She left the, lights all night? Yeah, she, she left she, lights yeah, on. Yeah, she shit. doesn't even care. So she'd love a Ridge Wallet. So I'm going to get my mom a Ridge Wallet. Go to ridgewallet.com. And it's like, this is a father-son business. They basically made this whole thing based on a GoFundMe account that they got, that they raised enough money to make this. And it's everywhere, dude. People love this wallet. And I'm very thankful that they sponsor Tinfoil Hats. So support our sponsors. Free shipping. Free shipping worldwide. worldwide. Lifetime warranty. What more do you want? What more do you want? Come on, guys. Buy the wallet. Care about your friends, Okay. Man, the difference between you getting away from a, a zombie or not could be how heavy your wallet is, okay? And you got to hear from your, your, uh, your man, Sam, okay? Even I have one. Even, what? what? Even Aaron has one. Aaron has one. The guy who believes in nothing has something. And I'm, so with that, so go check him out. That's TFH10 for 10% off. Guys, today's episode is a uh, very serious episode. I know this is all things comedy, and we try to keep it on the lighter side, but occasionally we have to do this topic, and uh, I think it's very important. Some days I wait to that door to open, and El Magical's like, you've gone too far, you said too much stuff, it's time for you to go. But I, I feel like these are, the, uh, these are the topics that this show needs to discuss, because it's such an ugly thing. And like, there, there's always people telling you, oh, there's no proof of this, no proof of that. There's so much proof of this. And this next gentleman helped produce a, a, sh- a, a documentary which basically broke down one, one giant instance of this, which ran rapid everywhere. Uh, please welcome uh, from the doc, The Open Secret. Uh, he's an entertainment lawyer out of Boston. Let's not hold it against him, Okay. Just because his rock, Red Sox ran a train on my Dodgers. Okay? This guy's doing good work out there. Please welcome Matthew. Matthew, what's your last name? Valentinus. Valentinus. I didn't want to butcher it. Please welcome Matthew Valentinus, everybody. Thank you, buddy, for tun- uh, coming on the show. I appreciate it, man. How are you? I'm great, man. And thanks for having me. And I, I just want to say it's comedians, really, who are bringing light to a lot of the big issues right now. Shows like yours. So it's really great to be here, and I think you guys are the front line of free speech right now. It's definitely not, it's definitely not journalists. It's definitely not the media. It's really just down to comedians. It's not even rock and roll anymore. It's it's you guys are the rock and roll of this era when it comes to speaking the truth. So thank you. Well, thank you very much. You know, I I definitely do battle on the front line, Matthew, of of uh, political correctness, freedom of speech. Uh, I do believe they go after comics because comedy is something that you don't need financial backing to do. Most of your uh, art, you need huge financial backings to make, whether it's put on a play, a, make a movie, make a TV show, all that stuff. Stand-up comedy, podcasting, you just need a microphone. That's and it. it scares people. 
the notion that someone can go see a comedy show and then go on a crime spree is just ridiculous. Yet we see in dramas and movies where violence happens in the movies and then it, we see it happen in real life. I mean, a lot of these school shootings, a lot of this stuff, all look a lot like these video games out there. But nobody says anything. But comedy, like the, the slippery slope that everybody tries to make it. And there's so, there's so many rules of political correctness. And one thing that upsets me about Hollywood, Matthew, is how pedophilia has become a partisan issue. And uh, people use it to o- only get mad when it's the other side committing it. And when their side's committing it, then it's not an issue and it's all conspiracy theories and you're, and you're Alex Jones. And we've seen from your movie, The Open Secret, which is available all over the place, whether it's YouTube, Vimo, right? Uh, it's, it's everywhere. Uh, you can watch it. It is a powerful powerful doc uh your thoughts on just the the politicizing of pedophilia and how it's become partisan where one side argue argues it when the other side is doing it but then doesn't seem to care when their side gets busted thoughts on that yeah it's been it's been a weird ride i mean we started this in 2011 um my partner and i gabe hoffman he's really the financial backer of this so we're about he's about two million into this already uh you know, Shit. not including hundreds, thousands of man hours that we put into this project. Um, but what we've seen on Twitter, Twitter, as it's evolved over the years, is different people, like, like you said, using it for their own reasons. We, we try and be agnostic. Uh, well, if Alex Jones has us on the show, we'll go. If somebody on the left wants to have us on the show, we'll go. Um we really don't care. We just want to get it out there. What we have seen is that the left is more concerned about right-wing people bringing up this issue than they are actually about talking about it. Uh, for instance, I had BuzzFeed call me up and try and do, like, I would call it almost a hit piece, just because they didn't like some of the people that we were retweeting who were supporting our show. But they could care less about pedophilia. Yeah. Um, so that's the type of stuff that we've been battling. Uh, and, and it's it's weird because we really don't take a position. I would say on our political leanings personally, um, I'm right down the middle. Gabe's probably definitely more right wing, but he sticks to the facts. So we go wherever anyone reports on this. And we brought this to all sorts of media outlets, uh, left and right. And the right has been more receptive. The left is more afraid of it. And I think a big part of that is, is because the left is controlled by a lot of people who don't want this information to come out. And I'm not saying that as a conspiracy theorist. We didn't make this documentary to attack the left or to attack Hollywood. I'm, I'm an entertainment reporter. I lived in LA for years. I love Hollywood. I love movies. Um, we made the focus on Hollywood because pedophilia is everywhere. And we figured... It's hard to teach people about pedophilia, and Hollywood would be a good way to teach them about it that didn't really have a side. Because if you look at the Catholic Church, Catholics are going to be offended. I'm a lapsed Catholic. My own church where I was baptized has been sold to pay off for pedophile victims. Um, if you look at schools like Penn State, alumni will, will defend their school because they feel like they're being attacked. So that was the main reason why we chose Hollywood, because we felt it had international breadth. People would be interested. There would be some big names involved. 
We could shoot it locally. We knew there was a, an abundance of material. And then we thought that it, would, it would get interest. Not, there's plenty of documentaries about child abuse, but they get lost because there's no one really interesting to it. So we didn't want it to be tabloid, but let's be honest, in today's market, you need to have a draw to get people to see things. And, and that's why we chose Hollywood. Uh, but Hollywood, and, and the third part is, we really thought once we got this information out there, Hollywood would jump on it and support us like the Me Too movement. But in fact, they did the opposite, and it was astounding. And then we saw what happened with the Me Too movement and how that was bastardized and taken over by hypocrites. And it was just about women, and it was mostly about female actresses. It wasn't even about the average person. And they never once mentioned children. But even uh, then, so, no, I'm with you on that. I, I you know, the there, I feel like right now that there's a big movement from the right on this because you know the Clintons are very much in the crossfires. They are the, I mean, if you really break this down, they're a big face of this movement. And you know, you brought up because you know I've had people. This show is kind of like what you're talking about. Very much down the middle. I don't believe in black and white. I think the world is gray. I think it's in the middle. I'm on neither side. I am a registered Democrat uh, during this voting, pa- this past voting. I voted for, I wouldn't vote for D's or R. The only people I voted for is the people who said none, no party. And then I voted on all the, uh, all the different kind of bills that they wanted to pass, which for some reason LA uh, voted for no rent control. Which lets me know nobody voted except for landlords. Oh, yeah, you're gonna get fucked. I mean, it just makes no fucking sense. But it's the horrible. point is, I don't play on either side. Uh, I get I get a lot of pushback from the right when I say both sides are in this pedophilia right now. Uh, when we look at the Clintons and we look at Hollywood, it, it comes off as a very left thing. But when you like you brought it up, you look at the uh, 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 the Catholic Church, like the the priests in the Catholic Church. Where do you think they vote? They vote right. They're very rarely are they voting left. Uh, and then you look at the Franklin scandal, which nobody wants to talk about. Uh, you know, I mean, that was pedophilia in the White House. They were busted with underage boy hookers. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, the, 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 the Boys Town, you ever hear, you know what they call Hollywood out, uh, West Hollywood? Boys Town. Well, that's based on a, uh, basically a Catholic, uh, foster care, like camp. That basically this stuff went rampant. So that's what it used to be? No, but that's where the name comes from, Boys Town. And now they call West Hollywood Boys Town. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's on both sides of the spectrum. And just these R's and D's are just used to get us to fight with each other. And the fact that, you know, we had Hollywood, you mentioned it, where it was all about female actresses and it was all like, believe all victims. And then I go, until you talk about pedophilia, and then everybody will run around and call you Alex Jones. And I don't understand because apparently believe all victims who are all female over 18 years old. And then we found with the Kavanaugh stuff, it wasn't true. And, you know, these people came forward and lied because we all saw it was a political thing. Not that I'm saying Kavanaugh isn't got like isn't like a uh, scumbag. I don't know if he was like aggressive with women or not. He probably was. And, uh, you know, they basically 
took that trial and they framed it as a his sexual past. They didn't talk about the fact that he he basically wrote the Patriot Act, believes in militarizing the police, doesn't believe in search warrants when they search your house. I mean, it's just like those are real issues we should talk about. Nobody talked about it because they wanted to talk about his his sexual past and this woman coming forward saying that uh, he wa- witnessed her get like trains ran on her multiple times. Which you know you join. Or you fucking say something. Well, yeah. Well, you should. Like I mean, you said. like, dude, like you first said. of all, why are you going to a place where they're running trains on you all the time? Like, how many times you got to go there before you're like, okay, maybe I don't need to go to the house of trains. Okay. <laughs> I should stay home. And it's just the truth. So they politicize that. You had all these women, all these actors go and believe all victims because they personalized it to their own thing. You have, you have these very powerful women in Hollywood trying to relate to the everyday woman. It's kind of like what I think about LeBron James, right? LeBron James has been rich and famous since he was 14 years old. The only time he's seen real racism, let's say, is when they kicked him out of his senior year of his basketball tournament. And they kicked him out because he's driving a Hummer, okay, as a senior in high school. Yeah. So he's been a billionaire since day one, like a millionaire to a billionaire since day one. So he has to have these moments where he's like, I'm the victim of racism. So he can relate to the kids in the schools that he wants him to buy all of his products, Sprites, his sneakers and all that stuff. So you see that with these very powerful women in Hollywood where they're trying to act like, you know, every day they just got to beat dicks off just to be able to go do their fucking job because they had a bad day in an open mic. Well, it's an open mic. Everybody gets shit at an open mic. That's what you do. So it's like this weird kind of uh, politicizing of uh, sexual assault, which makes a lot of the, the real victims, it do, they don't get heard because they're lost in all these people virtue signaling to, uh, to their Twitter followers and all that stuff. And it's, it's kind of gotten ugly. What made you get into doing this project? Because it's very ballsy, man. We've had a couple people come on and they've done similar projects and they, they talk about how hard it is to get any kind of backing. You alluded to that earlier. Um, what made you decide that this, this was a project you wanted to do? Well, uh, Gabe and I, we had went to NYU together and actually he wanted to do like a boxing documentary, but he's been very successful as a hedge fund manager. And then he decided, Hey, I want to do something to, to give back. And, uh, especially victims of sexual abuse, women and children. Um, so it took about six months to a year to sort of finalize on this topic. I mean, I had lived out there. I lived in West Hollywood. So I'd heard a lot of the rumors that we discuss in our film. Uh, and we really thought, who would defend pedophiles? Who would not be astounded by this? What is an issue that you can pick that 99% of the people will be on your side? So we huh. thought, hey, let's explore pedophiles and everyone will be on our side. Right. And what we discovered in Hollywood, this went, we knew it went deep, but it went so deep that it was even beyond what we thought. And we were pretty sophisticated and we had, you know, we hired investigators and we hired researchers and we did six months of research before even committing to doing the documentary. Um, so really the reason was we wanted to end or at least raise awareness for pedophilia because we think it's one of the biggest problems in the country above opiates. It happens everywhere. You know, it's probably happening right now within three miles of, of your studio. And, and it affects so many people. And most families know somebody that it happened to. And it really needs to be a national issue. So that that's kind of why we chose it. 
And we thought Hollywood be, would be more helpful in, in getting the word out. And we thought we would be lauded and people would be, oh, my God, this is happening in Hollywood. We can make an example and change it. And we can all wear, you know, pins to award shows talking about how awful it is. And instead, they tried to cover it up and sue us and, uh, and, and bury the film. What do you think that stems from? Uh, you know, it's like we've been doing this show for like a year and a half. And, uh, I can tell you, it's, it's it's money, okay? It's it's money. Um, Tom Arnold said it very well a couple weeks ago. You know, I don't know if, if this is hearsay or if he actually heard it from Ari Emanuel's mouth, you know, the head of WME. But they don't want to go after these issues of, of sexual abusers in Hollywood because it affects a lot of franchises and it affects a lot of past series. I mean, you saw... The second that that dude, uh, the son, you know, in the Cosby show, the, the son-in-law was losing his royalty checks, he was working at a Trader Joe's. Oh, so, I didn't so even think about that. That's why I did it. I didn't even right? think about and I, that. I think William Morris lost millions and millions of dollars when that show was taken off the air. Okay. So now imagine if Nickelodeon has to take off five of their biggest franchises. Yeah, man. Right. That, that, that's the level that we're at on this. We're talking about billions of dollars. What if Disney has to has to suddenly give up some of their main franchise? All this, it's money. They want this to go away. I don't think that they're they're supporting it. Uh, I do think they're enabling it, but I think they're trying to slowly phase it out to protect the intellectual property. Because I get if the that. truth comes out, it'll affect the, the franchises. Bottom line, that that's it. And it's so. It was it's it's in so many projects and so many films and there's so many loose affiliations to pedophiles on everything that if they tried to clean it up all at once, the industry would be torn down. I think it's a bigger scandal than the church scandal. And that's that's pretty out of control as it is. Well, I will tell you that I believe the church scandal is brought out by the people in Hollywood when stuff starts getting too hot on them. I think the Catholic Church is whipping boys. And they know nothing's going to happen to the Catholic Church. We know, yeah, your, your church was sold because they got covered debts. But does anyone go to jail? I don't know. Does anyone ever go to jail? Does anybody other than dirt poor pedophiles go to jail? I think it's only the no. poor. I mean, and, you know, you've done more research than me. But in, in this time of me covering this with this show, I have found that uh, the use of pedophilia is a little bit more diabolical than some people want to know that there's actually, it's actually used in, in, in specifically in, in politics. I don't know to the extent in Hollywood, but definitely in politics where it's used as a, a form of blackmail to get people to play ball. When you're talking billions and billions of dollars, the people at the top do not want to risk any chance that the the coin flip won't go their way. So it's very, so they love to put these people in power. And it, it, it's, you know, it's really sad. But when I look at people who make it really, really, really big in Hollywood, I think a couple of, uh, of things have gone on. Either they've sold their soul, like literally and figuratively, or they've engaged in some pretty weird sex shit that they in order to show that they're they're down with the cause and willing to play ball, and that includes pedophilia. Well, that I consider it organized crime. 
Oh, for sure. I think sure. it's like organized crime. They're, they're, they're just they're a Jewish cartel. They're yeah. the Jewish cartel. For sure. And when yeah, you think say about stuff it. like that, people get weirded out. When you say, like, you can pound on the Catholic Church and everyone's like, Catholics. But when you go, Hollywood is the Jewish version of the Catholic Church, people start to get really uncomfortable. But it's true. It's just 100% true. And it has nothing to do with Judaism and the average Judaism person who practices Judaism. We're talking about specific people who happen to have a religion that I don't even believe they actually follow. I think they use it as just a, a, a mask so they can walk amongst us. And you find that across boards of all religions, very powerful people at the very highest all engage in this stuff. It is almost the currency of playing ball, you know, and that's kind of when it comes. Here's the thing. I definitely agree with you. It's organized crime. And that's that's what we've discovered. Um, There's there's an organized crime ring here. There's different levels. And really, pedophilia is used as a, a power control. It's even more powerful than money. Okay. Um, it's even more powerful than drugs, but, but 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 drugs and money are used with that. Now, when you get into the Jewish cartel stuff, I have to say, you know, my <laughs> partner that produced this, he's Jewish. Amy right. Berg, who directed this, she's Jewish. Well, nobody's, again, so, we're not condemning I, the Jews. That's also saying yeah. not all Catholics touch children. I mean, when you say when you say the Catholic Church, we're not talking about everybody who goes into these the these churches. You. Our cat, you're a former Catholic. You didn't touch any kids. My parents are Catholic. Yeah. They're not touching anybody. I, I mean, we're not. not talking about, again, and I specifically said it's not a condemning of the entire religion. We're talking about a, a condensed group of people. And if you can sit there and pound on the Catholic Church and say Catholics, these Catholics are, are pedophiles, you have to look what's going on in Hollywood. And what, it, it, maybe it's not 99% or 90% or 80%, but it is a majority of certain people. And again, I don't believe they're they're actually practicing it i think it's just a mask to walk around and it's just it is what it is and i understand you my girlfriend's jewish her family's jewish they go to israel every year i have nothing but love for all of them they do not do engage in this they don't but these people we see are at the highest level here's what we do know it's a group of very powerful men older men in hollywood who are at the tippy top of this who are so powerful we can't even mention their names right now but let, let me give you an example of, of, of the type of power they have. So Bohemian Rhapsody is a big, a big hit right now, right? Yeah. It just came out a week or two ago. We all know how Brian Singer was kicked off that. Yeah. We all know how these allegations about him were very public before he even started shooting that movie. And I believe it was Stacey Snyder, uh, president of Fox. You, you saw that article in The Hollywood Reporter by Kim Masters last week. I mean, she said you know, to paraphrase, behave yourself, don't break any rules, right? But why would they even take the risk of having Brian do that movie? Well, it made money, first of all. But second of all, maybe there's somebody above Stacey Snyder that said, you know what? No, Brian has to do it. Brian's going to do it. And that's that. Yeah. And and that's what's going on in Hollywood right now. The, the top level people, there's only I'd say there's less than 100 to 200 people that really have any say in anything in Hollywood. For sure. And then and then there's probably a group under 50 that are the most powerful. And then there's probably a group under 20 that really say anything. They can have and kill anything they want. Um, with our film, I can't prove it, but our film was originally supposed to be on Showtime. Uh, you know, the, the president of Showtime loved it. David Nevins, who's now 
been bumped up to the president of CBS. And what we got was a request from Les Moonves to personally screen the film. Uh, usually a guy as big as Les was at the time, probably one of the most powerful men in television. For sure. Doesn't really need, doesn't need to see a small documentary that, you know, will get picked up for a million dollars and shown on Showtime to a couple hundred thousand people. Right. But he did. And then we had to send it over to him. We had to have a messenger sit there and wait for him to watch it and then take it back because we didn't want it to get out. And then a week later, Showtime didn't want to do the deal. And this is after weeks of Showtime seeing earlier cuts, having a good relationship with our director. They did her other films. They even went on and showed her other films after our film. Um, so we think Les, Les killed the movie. Or we think there's a good chance Les did. And uh, stuff like that is weird. That's, and when we find out later all the stuff that's going on with Les Moonves, he's been kicked out. And that scared a bunch of very powerful people because he represents a very powerful clique of people. And the fact that he's been removed scares people because they've always been able to control it. And it's gotten very big right now. It's, you know, and it's the Internet. And, it, and I, it, Dan Schneider, you look at Dan Schneider. If you look at that whole Viacom, CBS, what was going on, deal structure, if you look behind the scenes in that, I think they were cleaning house on a lot of things, and that's why it was an internal battle. And if you look at Dan Schneider, we've always suspected that there's issues with Dan Schneider. Okay. He was actually our first target. Um, the yeah, fact that and, this and, guy is still working, that, did they just let him go? They just let him go. If you don't know who um, Dan Schneider is, he, he's, I mean, like, I'm going to be very kind. Uh, he's an overweight guy who uh, was on a show called, I believe, Head of the Class, right? Is that the name of it? And um, he since went on to produce several Nickelodeon um, shows. I Carly, Drake and Josh, Sam and Cat, Victorious. Uh, can you look up the Nickelodeon logo? Is the Nickelodeon logo a foot? Is it a foot? Yeah. Well, word is that Dan has a foot fetish. Um, we go back to, uh, yeah, look at Nickelodeon's. Look at Nickel Nickelodeon's. One of them is, one of them. Not all of them, but one of them is a, a, foot, is a foot. A foot. A foot. And, and what you also have to look at is you would think, okay, once they got rid of Dan Schneider, they would put in somebody uh, who who would protect protect the company and, and clean house if, if any of the allegations against Dan were true. But the guy they put in to run the company is a guy named Brian Robbins. And uh, I believe it's Robbins. And he's one of Dan's best friends. They were on head of the class together. Oh, my and he God. And a whole bunch of shows at, at, at Nickelodeon for years. So they fired Dan Schneider, but his best friend's now running the company. It's it, Why? Why? This is what you have to ask yourself. And, and if information comes out about Dan Schneider, I think it and, and evidence comes out showing that there's some issues that that could affect the entire network. And now we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars. And if the average American finds out that a lot of their what their children are watching on a daily basis is produced by pedophiles, they might get upset about it. They might wake up. Well, that's the whole thing right now that's going on. Now, you know, uh, dude, they with, control the internet right now. I, I type in uh, Dan Snyder and then the letter P. 
all the way to pedophile doesn't show up. Yeah, it's like it's not even brought up. But yeah, you click search Google, and then shit Google. does come up. But Google there is plays articles. Ball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like you know who Jamie Spears is? Mm-hmm. That's Britney, Britney Spears' sister, sister yeah. who mysteriously just quit yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, she was doing that was one pregnant. show. Yeah, yeah, they said she was pregnant. What was yeah. that one show? Yeah. Oh, well, there's a rumor about who the dad might be, but oh, yeah, right. And it is crazy. What I've learned is that people hate pedophilia when it's in their neighborhood. But when it's not in their neighborhood, it's not the biggest deal. How many games did Penn State lose from this scandal? Did they not? I mean, like, not in terms of forfeiting record. I'm talking actually not playing. None. SMU, their football program got the death penalty because two players took cash. They got the death penalty. They didn't get to play football for like two years because they took cash. Penn State did not lose one game. Not one. It's just, it's unbelievable to me. And it goes back to what I wanted to say, which Michigan State too with Dr. Larry Nasser. I don't know if they've had to suffer after what that guy did. Not one, Hundreds man. of teenage girls, you know. Not one, dude. Not one. And now we take a look at what's going on with the Clintons right now in politics about how this new. And, you know, you can have your opinions on Trump. I hope Trump succeeds just the way I hope Obama succeeded. Um, the reason I like Trump more, and I'll be honest with you, is because uh, the, the media seems to be doing a, a, reporting on a bunch of stuff, telling us what's going on, even if some of it is an over-exaggeration. You know, it's like, what's the difference between Obama and Trump? Is like, it's like your significant other is cheating on you. Do you want to know about it or don't you want to know about it? If you do want to know about it, that's Trump. If you don't want to know about it, that's Obama, okay? But they seem to be doing this. But this new uh, attorney general they got seems to be wanting to go after the Clintons. And it's probably well, going to be. Here's a connection between Clinton and Trump when it comes to pedophilia. Yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. I think he's. I think he's the number three guy in the Department of Justice right now. If, if you read the the book called Filthy Rich by James Patterson, uh, it was also co-written by John Connolly, who's in our documentary. It talks about the deal that Jeffrey Epstein got. Yep. And he's a famous Hollywood, Wall Street type of guy who knows everybody. And he, I think he only did like six months um, for, for pedophilia. And he's friends with Clinton. He was friends with Trump for a while. I'll give Trump credit. He kicked him out of Mar-a-Lago. And people don't but, ever talk about that. He did kick him out. And I'm not yeah. saying it's perfect, but he did kick him out of the hotel when he realized some shit was dumb. That's that's just facts, you know. And um, but the dude, the dude, the prosecutor who gave Jeffrey Epstein the sweetheart deal in Florida is now like the number three dude in the Department of Justice. And that case has so many holes in it and there's now more books being written on it and there's going to be more information coming out on it that, that it just doesn't reflect well. Uh, the dude that made that deal should be ashamed of himself. I know he says he had to make it, but no, he didn't. And um, it's just, if you're rich and powerful, that justice doesn't matter. And we as Americans need to take, if, if we can't put pedophiles away, we've lost our country. Didn't, it doesn't matter what side you're Did Mueller make down. a deal with him as well? Like a super sweet deal? Like, and everyone's giving Mueller because supposedly he like flipped on people. That's a, a, a big thing they were saying about Mueller. But going back to the Clintons, the, there's this big thing that they're going to get hit on tax evasion instead of all the other dark shit because 
they think it's too much for people. They won't be able to handle the truth about what's going on in Holly, uh, in, in Washington if they really find out what's going on. Now, uh, before I get into your doc, because there's some uh, wonderful information put out in there, um, have you ever heard of anything about Anthony Weiner's laptop? Yes, yes. Uh, you know, we've heard that there might be more on that than we've thought. We'd love to see what else is on there. Uh, you know, there's certainly some connections between him and, and you know, there are remote connections. I, I don't like to give hard information. You know, I only like to give hard information, so I don't want to uh, stipulate, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some connections to who he was getting, you know, child porn from, uh, might be connected to some people in Hollywood, but uh, we heard there was some hardcore child porn on there That's that sad. a lot of it. And he pretty much got a light deal also. Dude, it says that the FBI uh, failed to review hundreds of thousands of emails on, on that laptop. Yeah. And then you have the NYPD police chief going, what I saw on this computer made me cry, made me cry. And for those people, that's fuck. That's saying they've something. seen everything. They've seen everything. And they go, if they don't, if they don't show this, if they don't tell everybody what's on this, we're going We've already copied it and sent it all over the country. We will send it to WikiLeaks if they don't say what's going on. Loretta Lynch comes in, drops hammer on them. That was a tarmac meeting. This is this is what I've learned. I'm saying this. This is not Matthew saying this. This is Sam saying this. Uh, they meet. Clinton's meet on a tarmac. The discussion is kill this thing right now. We'll make you Supreme Court justice. They go in there and they go, hey, end this thing right now, or else we're going to blow up this story about I, I can't breathe that guy who got choked out, which is super sad, super sad. But that's what happened. That police chief was forced to resign or he quit, and nothing came out. Well, WikiLeaks dropped another Vault 7 recently, and in there was two, two sheets of basically two emails that basically said that Anthony Weiner and I, you go to the uh, tinfoil hat pod Instagram, they're available. You can see where it says Anthony Weiner produced child pornography. That is a, an official document from WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks bats a thousand. It's never. Yeah, and, and what's yeah. embarrassing about that is you have the woman who was very close to being president of the United States and her closest confidant's husband is into child porn. Yeah. So what does that say about their ability to judge people's character? It, it, it's shocking. Well, it's shocking. That, that is an assumption that she would not want that. Again, it's like I said to Mark, she would have to be the most unlucky human being to be surrounded by such dark. I mean, I want to get into your thing because there is connections to uh, the Clintons in this. But, I mean, you broke down the history of Brian Singer, which is unbelievable. I mean, since 1994, it's 2018. Since 1994, there have been problems with Brian Singer and what he's done. And listen, dude. You know, I always say this in comedy because of political correctness. Comedy is how much money can you make off your mental illness, okay? And some of us are sicker than others, all right? But Singer must be a great director, but he's got serious problems. And, it's, and he's surrounded by people who are constantly getting him in trouble, like Kevin Spacey. Like they had to halt the usual suspects, which is what they just did with the uh, Queen video because Brian Singer was acting fucking weird and Kevin Spacey was having inappropriate sexual behavior. Uh, April 18th, 1997, Singer and uh, At Pupil Productions are sued by Extra for allegedly filming their son and other minds naked in the shower. I mean, what are we doing here? 
1997 to 2000, Singer introduces Brock Pierce to the founders of Den. Can you, oh, you guys go really hard into Den. Uh, can, you guys, can you explain to our listeners what Den was? Sure. Uh, DEN stands for the Digital Entertainment Network. It was sort of the tail end of uh, that that internet boom in the late 90s. And it was run by a guy named Mark Collins Rector, uh, who was in his, I think at the time, his early 40s, late 30s. And another guy named Chad Shackley, who was Mark's boyfriend. Now, Mark started dating Chad when he was 15 years old. Okay. Uh, And he even moved out to Michigan to be with Chad. And then he got Chad's parents' permission to move Chad out to Hollywood with him. So so Chad was underage when they started dating. And Mark was 20, 25 years old. So that's just to give you an idea of what this guy is like. And now Mark also brought in a guy named Brock Pierce. Oh, this guy is insanity. When you see the video of him in your thing, you see in his eyes, that guy is... Well, he he is wise. I don't know if the word's wise, but he is beyond his age. There is a grown-up look in a very young child's eyes. I, I looked and I go, this kid is advanced for his age. He's been through some shit, uh, trauma, something, but that guy's very advanced. 18 when he was actually hired as president of the company. But, you know, he had been involved in Hollywood many years before that. And I think he's most famous for the the Mighty Ducks franchise. He was one of the kids in that. Okay. And then if you look up Brock Pierce, I know John Oliver did a piece on him last year. He's one of the, you know, one of the bigger names in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, which happens to also be a big way that a lot of illicit criminals, organized crime and pedophilia and dark web do transactions. Yeah, you can't so, track it down. There's no way to track that down. Yeah. So it's the perfect way. Yep. Right. And he's also probably, we suspect he might still be in touch with Mark Collins Rector. Okay. So anyways, back, back to Den, those three guys sort of started Den and they raised, I, I think around $200 million, which was a lot of money back in 2000, 1999. No, they raised and, um, sev- seventy-two million before it even opened up in '99. Yeah, that's some shady shit. Yeah, right seventy-two there. million. That's a fuckload of money before even opening up. Yeah, that's a lot of right. shady dollars. Look at the investors. I mean, some of the investors were David Geffen, uh, Ariana Huffington's wife, Mike, Michael Huffington put in put in five million. Um, I think the guy who runs the Gersh agency or one of the one of the Gersh family was was, was in there. Uh, if you look at the SEC filing from from that time, you'll see a lot of big Hollywood names who were invested. I, I'm not even sure. I don't know if Steve Bannon invested then or if he invested with Brock Pierce later. But oh. Bannon and Brock Pierce have worked together on things. Um, so anyways, what I'm trying to say is there was a lot of highly sophisticated, smart people investing in this business, which clearly wasn't making a dime, but was spending money like crazy. And was really more just a way, it, it was more of like a private club to be around little boys. That's really what it was. I mean, it just mostly fueled a lot of crazy purchases. They made some some crazy, stupid videos that were horrible. They were horrible. Sell. And it was, they, they actually were way ahead of their time. They had a the belief kind of of like a YouTube type thing or, excuse me, Netflix but the technology wasn't there to do that. But I don't think they gave a shit. I mean, Singer, dude. Go on. Sorry about that. 
they knew that, so they were. It was just an excuse. It was. A, it was a really highly organized front. Uh, they knew the technology wasn't there to actually deliver video over the internet yet. You know, it was very slow. It just wasn't. It wasn't going to be there for years. So why would people this smart invest in in something that stupid, right? Especially that late in the game in the '90s. I mean, I think Pets.com was around. People knew the bubble was about to burst. So it was clearly a cover, and we're talking highly sophisticated, smart businessmen who someone who had made billions. And it was really just a way to buy into the table to go to this party. And there's not that many women that, that invested. Okay. It, it's, it's mostly men and men of a certain predicament, you know, the predilection is, is what we're trying to say. And, um, they use it to really, there, there's a guy named Randall Kaiser who directed, uh, Greece, right? Um, and I think he also directed The Last Starfighter. So he's friends with all these guys. He was there a lot. He directed uh, one of these movies for Den. Um, I think it was called Chad's World or something else. And it was so bad. It was like, you ever watch bad porn acting? This was shot most bad of it's, porn. Most of it's pretty fucking bad, Yeah, you're bad, right, first right. Of all. But you ever know it's <laughs> like they're really trying to be serious, but it's really bad? That's... That's the vibe on all these shoots. Really yeah. bad. Really with, with like 14-year-old kids as the stars. And they actually shot it at the mansion that they were renting. I mean, they didn't even shoot it at like a, you know, I mean, sure, they went to a studio. But they also shot it at their mansion up in, up in Encino, which was, I think, Suge Knight's former mansion. Um, so, and what, what, what. What happened was the kid that starred in this movie being directed by Randall Kleiser, a one-time famous, huge, successful director, was being raped the entire time by Mark Collins Rector. Now, if you're a professional director, wouldn't you pick up on a 14-year-old kid who's being traumatized and viciously raped on the set of a movie on a daily basis? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you get a hint of that? I just It makes I, my I think, blood you know, boil. It makes my blood boil. I mean, how many times has Singer fucked up a movie and still got more? That lets you know there's something dark at work. When you fuck up Usual Suspects, Superman, uh, X-Men, I mean, and now this uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, and you don't show up. Four different major movies. He hasn't shown up. He's completely shish Completely I mean, shit. think about Superman. I mean, I think the guy that they chose for that, I mean, is, is his career over? I mean, I think that was Kevin Spacey and Brian Singer. I mean, the, the background stories of, of Superman, it, I mean, that was such a terrible movie. But imagine the, just the, the craziness that went on, illegal craziness that must have went on, on on that set. It must be astounding when you put those two sexual predators together i mean look at kevin space the guy is off the charts he's like a vicious shark predator when it comes he's probably one of the worst sexual predators in the history of hollywood and you still have even like two weeks ago you have dame judy gentsch who's nominated for who knows how many uh you know films saying she would work with uh kevin again and he's her friend and robin wright house of cards saying He's a good guy, and I think it's time for him to come back to Hollywood. I mean, these people are insane. These people insane. are nuts. 
and they're all virtue signaling, letting everybody know they'll still play ball. There's a couple people in the comedy world. I'm not going to get in their names, but I'd never work with them. I'd never work with them. I'm going to have a talk with one guy when I see him about how I've heard a bunch of stuff. And if it's true, I'm going to beat his ass down. I'm going to let him know that because I can't sit around yeah. and like this stuff no more. And I just He's can't. very disappointed. Louis C.K. is from my hometown. I'm, I was a big fan. And and uh, just hearing about that, you kind of lose respect for the guy. Yeah, you know, it's a broken heart because I thought he was funny as hell. And just to hear that he's jerking off in front of people, that's just, it, I can't look the guy the same anymore. Hey, but that's not you know? the same, though. But I, it's not, not the, the same. same. It's not and the same. And he asked for but, permission. But, but, Come on, guys. but, but, but. <laughs> It's not, I'm not here to fucking defend Louis C.K. I've defended him on Twitter. I will not put him in with pedophiles. I will not even put him in with, with Harvey Weinstein. When they, they equate the two, I go nuts on people. Even with even with Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein, that, there's a whole different fucking thing between doing what Harvey did and literally drugging someone and they're unconscious. I think that's a big difference. Hold on. So you you think that Harvey Weinstein is a little lower than... Than, than Bill Cosby? Well, you don't know everything that came out about Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that's Weinstein. true. Well, what's that? Well, he's you not know, in jail. He's been implicated in... Well, dude, that, just because you... Dude, we just talked about this. Yeah, but no one's been in... That's another thing I was going to say. No one's been in jail for hashtag me too. So even then, if it was a hashtag well, he's, me he's, too Well, he's, he's being held to trial and he's got... Yeah. He's like... Dude, it, it's insanity. I mean, if you watch Making It a Murder, the corruption is so yeah, high I up. I mean, these people get put into positions if they, and it's at every level. I mean, look at Debbie Wasserman Schultz trial and the uh, Juan Con, the Juan brothers, her IT people. The prosecutor in that case is her brother. I mean, it's yeah, so, the corruption is so fucking deep, man. This isn't like a two-year game. This is like a 60, 70-year fucking game. Dude. I used to work at a retail store. I couldn't even check out my own family member because they didn't trust me. But yet, she has a brother in the... And the fact that anybody let that fly is uh, it lets you know how deep it is. These judges are in on it too. So when Harvey Weinstein's getting shit dismissed, I go, look at that judge. Who's he been hanging out with? You know? I mean, I want to give this Brock Lesnar. I mean, this Brock Lesnar. Brock Pierce, <laughs> right? Where is this info right here? I have it. Hold on one second. Ah, uh, Brock Pierce. Here we go. I mean, dude, this guy is such. I mean, like, he's part of the Clintons. He came up. He's part of their initiative. And then word got out. He got in trouble. He, like, escaped somewhere, right? Like, they all escaped even, to Europe. Even Puerto Rico right now is the last, is the last we heard. And, it, and if you look at some of his videos, I mean, Stuff that he's been posting online. I mean, he he does not seem he does not seem there. I, he seems like he's under under the influence of something. You know, it's it's bizarre. Um, and he's supposed to be one of these leading people in Bitcoin, and it's 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 weird. It's crazy. Uh, I don't know how you know. I'm not a Wall Street guy. My partner is, but I'd be surprised to see if if that continues for him. But I I will tell you, Brock Pierce is allegedly a millionaire and very successful and rich. And doing really well on this Bitcoin stuff, and um, nobody's and, weird. and just and just they kicked the can down the line. He became chairman of the board of Bitcoin Foundation, a member of the Clinton Global Initiative. If you actually went through and saw how many people Laura Silsby worked for the Clintons, it is unbelievable. Here's how bad it is: Laura Silsby got convicted of uh, 
child sex trafficking. Her lawyer represented her, got convicted of child sex trafficking. A guy that she worked with who went to jail in Haiti just got convicted again in Florida. I mean, it's so deep and nobody talks about it. Yeah, that Haiti connection is really awful. And that that's it's terrible. Um, And uh, I think that's why we have Trump now, because Hillary Clinton was never going to get above 46 percent, even with everyone that loves her voting for her. So it it was a dream making for Trump. I I saw Trump being elected a long time ago. I mean, I live up in um, I mean, I work in Boston, but I live in southern Maine, New Hampshire. It was always Trump signs nine to one, even in the most Democratic places. Because, you know, people up here are pretty independent. And uh, I think they were sick of the Clintons, just like, you know, people were sick of the Bushes. Um, And there's a lot of connections there with the Clintons. If you look at some of the, I mean, Clinton and Harvey Weinstein, I mean, she didn't know what a scumbag predator Harvey Weinstein was and how much money he fed into her coffers. How many times did she fly out there and take pictures with him? Everybody's and, uh, doing jokes about it. Sam, Seth MacFarlane, when he hosted shows, would rip him new assholes. Family Guy, you name it. I think South Park did jokes about, like, Steven Spielberg. Nobody talks about that guy. You know? I don't even, I mean, yeah. like, dude, I can't go see movies. I want to see Ready Player One. It looks amazing. I can't go see it. Why not? I haven't seen it. Because it's, I haven't heard, it's I haven't Steven heard about Spielberg. It. Oh, that okay, whole okay. DreamWorks crew? That. Who runs DreamWorks? Who runs it? Like, what's the name of that? that one? Geffen, Spielberg, and, and, and Katzenberg. Katzenberg. And then there's the one. Who's the famous record uh, exec? You talked about him in your movie that gave money to it. That's a famous guy that's brutal, they say. Oh, God. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, he's put a lot of people away uh, in terms of killing stories. He, he, he killed one of the stories in our film that the, the basically the den investigation was based on an article that was supposed to come out in details magazine in the year 2000. What's his and, name? Again? Uh, What's his name? It, it, it was called, it was written by John Connolly and he was, he was, he had written an article about who details. though, who, who is it about? What's about the work, right? Who? That, I don't know. You bust. That, you, I can't hear you. I don't know why. Oh, I said the Digital Entertainment Network. Okay. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Sorry, sorry. That's what the article was about, and it was supposed to come out in details. And then details killed it. So we used that as a big basis of our documentary. And when details told John why they killed it, they said they killed it because if we run this, we'll never get anyone to be on our cover again. Okay? So that's why that issue was killed. And then you saw the same thing with Ronan Farrow uh, having trouble getting out Harvey Weinstein stuff. He was at NBC. He's well known. He's a celebrity. He's on the inside. He's everybody loves him. And even NBC wouldn't publish that. Right. And now what we've been working on and partnering with is an article on Brian Singer that's supposed to be coming out in Esquire magazine. And if you look at what Brian Singer said on October 15th, he said, I know Esquire is doing an article on me. I know it says bad things about me. It's you know, it's not true. Uh, I will deal with it later. But this is how sophisticated they are. Esquire never told us when they were going to publish this article. But now it appeared like he had that article killed because it didn't come out in October. But it was never scheduled to come out in October in the first place. But that's the level of PR sophistication that we're dealing with here. Have you heard um, anything on David Geffen? Pardon me? David Geffen? Have you heard 
I've heard I think David Geffen is very close friends with Brian Singer, and I I think that he he looks out for Brian Singer and supports him for sure. I think he stands by. Yeah, I've heard stories. Allegedly, everything on this podcast is allegedly, but I I I, I have my suspicions. I've heard brutal stories about that guy, about doing tours through campuses and kids show up, and then they they don't they're never seen again. And then there's a famous story about a bunch of famous politicians and a very, very powerful actor that everybody thinks is the nicest guy in the world on a very famous ship, he says, going to a very interesting island that he doesn't talk about. Yeah. Well, what I can say about David Geffen is in the Den case, three kids brought a suit against Den that, that was one. Um, and, and guys like Mark Collins Rector and Brock Pierce and Chad Shackley, they ran to Spain where they were eventually arrested, I believe, near Marbella, Spain. And there was child porn caught in that in that house. That was in 2002, um, right? What, they got ex- go they got extradited, right? In 2002. 2002 yeah. That's when it was, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, but one of the kids that brought the suit was a kid named Alex Burton. OK. And Alex Burton played Tyrell in the first X-Men movie. And I'm not really a comic book guy, but what everyone tells me is that Pyro really didn't fit into that movie. And he has one very small 20-second scene where he just sort of opens his hand and fire comes out. And that's really Alex Burton's only credit, right? And then if you look through the Den trial cases, and this is all public record, you can find it. It says, Alex Burton says, to, to all these guys when they were taking off to Spain, he says, I'm going to David Geffen's house. You can find me there if you need me. Right. right. Basically saying Mark Collins rector thought David Geffen might try to kill him. And, um, I've heard this that kid went. Yeah. I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that. And it's super sad. Now there was a, I want to ask you two more things about the movie. There was a brunette child actor who, was recently in the news and was accusing people and then ended up like apologizing. I think he got sued for misinformation and he was in your movie and it was like the guy, the kid was so obviously been traumatized. I can't remember his name, but he was in the movie, a brunette kid and he was calling out singer back in the day. Do you remember this? Let, let me, yeah. Let me, let me put that in a, a small, quick summary for you. So his name was Michael Egan. Yeah. He, he was he was one of the three, along with Alex Burton, that had originally brought that lawsuit against uh, Dan. Now, 16 years later, no, 14 years later, in 2014, uh, this, this attorney, Jeff, I uh, can't believe I forget his name, but his attorney, this guy named Jeff something, Herman, uh, was able to refile charges under a statute of limitations rule in Hawaii. And he filed charges against Brian Singer, against Gary Goddard, Garth Anseer and a guy named David Newman. Now, Garth Anseer was a big exec who ran like AB, like Disney TV, and I think David Newman was a big TV exec as well. Uh, Gary Goddard did uh, some movies, close friend of Brian Singer, and has recently fl- fled Hollywood because he's been accused by so many people, and Brian Singer. Now, so what happened was Anseer and Newman countersued for defamation and and uh, Egan, ha- his 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 Herman basically, it wasn't it wasn't Egan, it was Herman, his own lawyer that that just kind of left him hanging, right? So Egan 
had to drop those cases. Egan never apologized. Herman did. Because it was found that Herman didn't have enough evidence to bring charges against those guys. But here's the funny thing. Gary Goddard and Brian Singer never sued Michael Egan for defamation. And they eagle if 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 they didn't molest him, they have the money to clearly bury that kid. And they never did. And now here's what Jeff Herman did get from Michael Egan. Michael Egan was offered $100,000 to settle. This is all in a New York Vulture mag, you know, New York magazine article also in their Vulture online. Michael turned down the $100,000 because he also knew that Herman had received other settlements, we believe, totaling up to $20 million for three to four, three to four other, we think, alleged victims of, of Brian Singer. Okay. So we believe that there might be other settlements out there that Brian Singer paid who, and he did a deal with, with Herman's, Herman's lawyers did a deal with Singer's lawyers in Malibu at this time. And, and Michael Egan said, Oh, you just used me as like a setup to go fishing, to bring in these other victims. Those other victims got bigger deals. Now you want me to take a hundred thousand and shut up. And no, I'm in this to bring out the truth. Now, what is true about Michael Egan is he did get convicted for fraud in an unrelated case because, you know, just because you're a victim of sexual abuse, a lot of these kids get screwed up. And, for and sure, they do other dude. For sure. And, and we used and, to mock that stuff, you know, too. Yeah. So he he's in, I, I don't know if he's still in jail, but he went to jail for an unrelated fraud case. Has he been caught lying? Yes, he has. I will say, yeah, he has caught lying. Does that does that reflect poorly on his character? Of course it does. And I think you, the audience, have to decide for yourself whether you believe him or not. But I think the fact that he was offered a settlement from Brian Singer and that he was never sued by Singer or Goddard speaks to exactly the truth of what happened with Dent. I think it works in his favor. There is so a- that's really the history behind him. And he can bring back. He never lost his right to sue. He can still sue Brian Singer. So if these current cases against Brian Singer turn out to be true and Brian Singer has to pay these people, and if if there are other settlements out there that become exposed, Michael Egan might have his day in court just yet. It might be a great story for him. Let me ask you two more questions, and then we'll wrap it up here. Um, There was a moment in the movie that I thought was very, very uh, telling about what goes on in Hollywood, and that was when uh, all these stories started coming out People pushed, uh, well, the LAPD or the uh, West Hollywood Sheriff Department or one of those law enforcements asked if anybody had any more information on uh, victims uh, to come forward. Someone brought to the board of SAG, okay, and one of the guys who helped found, I believe, SAG or the, the department that deals with children of SAG said, push back, we should not get involved. Can you talk a little bit about Because, again, it goes to the, where the corruption, it's everywhere. You know, they got people yeah, in places to nip stuff so nothing happens. That guy's name is Michael Hara, who I believe may be related to the Hara Casino family. I, I, I'm not sure, but I've heard that. But don't take my word for it. Um, anyways, he was one of these first child managers starting in the 70s in Hollywood. Uh, He's managed a lot of really famous kids. Uh, He's best friends with a lot of these convicted pedophiles, a guy named Bob Villard, who also managed Leo DiCaprio and and Tobey Maguire when they were 12, 13, 14. Oh, my God. 
this guy, Michael Harrop, started what was called the Young Performers Child or the Young Actors Child Performers Committee or something like that at SAG, just for young actors. And when this Bob Villard character, who everyone knew Harrow was friends with and was very popular, was convicted of pedophilia and sent to prison in the, I believe, in like the early 2000s, LAPD came to this meeting and said, hey, Tell the parents if th- that this guy is a convicted pedophile and if there's any other stories out there, we want to know. And Michael Harrah killed it. He said, no, we're not going to do that. It's only going to further traumatize people. And SAG doesn't get involved. Now, later, we get we basically get, if you, you've seen the film, so you know, we get a confession from Michael Harrah on live video, right? We get a confession basically saying he acted inappropriately with one of his kids. And then we get another astounding interview taken at SAG headquarters over at, on Wilshire, where, again, it comes across that he's clearly most likely a pedophile. Oh. And in helping us, and instead of bringing this issue out to the public, SAG's president, David White, threatens to sue us and demands that we edit Michael Hara out of our film. Um, that's the type of ridiculousness that SAG's doing. And they still, they, they never notified anyone about Michael Hara. They never said, came out publicly and said he, he was fired or anything. They just tried to cover it up. And they tried to, I think it's for the first time that the Screen Actors Guild or any creative union in Hollywood has tried to censor a film. And that's the type of support we got from the Screen Actors Guild. You said you've been like, uh, you said you got sued. Have you ever been like uh, physically threatened or anything crazy like that? No, no, I've no. never been physically threatened. Uh, that's not really how these guys work. What's wrong? Um, yeah, but they they will try. What they will try and do is they'll they'll make claims that you're a homophobe, or that you have some other reason to do this. Uh, homophobia was their uh, biggest attack early on. Well, you guys do a great uh, you know, job they, of addressing that in the movie. You guys talk about how you know. Kind of like how we talked about Jewish and Hollywood aren't the same thing. You guys kind of talked about how gay and uh, um, pedophilia aren't the same thing. There are plenty of gay men who aren't into this thing. It's a particular group, and it's not even being gay. They're into young children. Exactly. They're totally not related at all. We were very clear about that. And uh, we were also very clear that a lot of the – we did approach several women, several who are still – today about ready to come out but they've been ready to come out for four or five years now it takes them time um but we couldn't get enough women to actually talk or who were in some of them were so distressed that they really weren't in a position to even be interviewed because if you follow some of their twitter accounts and stuff they they're they were losing their mind at the time yeah but we knew that we knew that they were also victimized and 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 a lot of them are in their 20s and 30s right now and some of them, it takes until their 40s to really even deal with it. We were, you know, that's that's another part of it. So we didn't focus just on children. It's just, I mean, on boys. But the evidence that we had allowed us to present the most ironclad case. And we didn't want to go on speculation. We knew that people would try and sue us. So we had to go with the most strongest evidence. And that's why it was mostly boys. It wasn't a, it wasn't a choice. Just we went where the evidence, you know, was. Now, do you uh, uh, what do you think of uh, Corey Feldman's new upcoming movie? What do you think of that? Have you any opinion? Have you heard anything? Any thoughts? 
It's, uh, it's yeah. called uh, the rape of two quarries, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, pardon me. What'd you say? I was just saying the name, the name of the movie in case no one had any idea. It's uh, Truth, the Rape of Two Corys. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, with, with Corey, I mean, he was he was an initial inspiration for this. Uh, I had originally reached out to his manager way back in like 2011 or 2012, and because uh, he was a, he was one of the first voices truly speaking on this. But uh, and we offered to protect Corey. So when he says he needs money for protection or this or that, you know, we had the money to legally protect him. But uh, he still said that his his reasoning for not wanting to be more involved was he was worried about his child. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, I know he was also working on his book, so his focus was on that. So do I believe a lot of what Corey has to say? Yes. But we also made a, a, a purposeful decision not to have Corey involved in the film because we didn't want it to center entirely on him. And we thought it could be an, a negative focus, right? It could it could be used against us in a lot of ways um, because there's so many other kids other than Corey. It, 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 we didn't want him just to be the voice of this. There's so many other kids out there that could be. So uh, since do I think that Corey doesn't need $10 million to make a movie. I think, the, I don't, you know, we don't get involved in that. We sort of keep our distance. We've, we've been helped, you know, we've offered to bring him in. We sort of believe what he has to say, but we don't agree with a lot of the processes that he's doing right now. We don't think that's necessary. Uh, but that's his own life, you know. So he can do it. final two questions. Uh, I know I've said that, but I just, <laughs> um, we used to mock child actors. We used to really mock that. I remember during the Different Strokes era when that whole cast of kids just flamed out. And we used to mock them. Look at these kids, these drug addicts, these blah, blah, blah. And then when we re- later on we realized that these kids were traumatized. Traumatized. And it's happened so much. Why would parents put their kids in these positions? What is your opinion on that? Like you hear stories of kids, people sending their kids to Hollywood, the dead and Yeah, I, I'm an American first, so I mean, I think people can make up their own minds, and I hate to tell people what to do, but my personal opinion is children shouldn't be allowed to act in Hollywood. It's almost like we should have an 18 year old acting as a six year old, you know, something crazy like that, uh, sort of like how England back in the day didn't allow women. So men would act like women. It, I wish we didn't even theater. have kids in the shows. Cause yeah. I don't think we need them, but no, I know that sound, but I'm not into censorship. So <laughs> I, I personally don't, I choose not to work with, with, with children. Uh, if, if I can, um, I, I recommend people don't a lot of families. I advise, I tell them not to have their kids go. I had an interesting email exchange with Chris Evans, mother, um, cause he's a, he's a Massachusetts native and she ran a child's theater here and she was saying, you know, she purposely protected Chris when he was a young child and, and, and kept him in local theater before he went out to Hollywood. Uh, and that's, that's what you hear. Um, and I don't like to put all the blame on the parents. Uh, a lot of these parents are just naive, but there are definitely some sick parents out there that, that use their kids in the wrong way. But most of them are just very trusting parents. Uh, and these guys are really professional at grooming. Their level of grooming is intense. It's like Soviet KGB spy type of grooming, right? They know how to pull people out. They know who to target. 
They know how to push the boundary so slowly. They're working multiple kids, tens, scores of kids at once, and they and, and they entice them slowly over time and know how to push boundaries. So it's not like the parents are idiots that we sometimes people would like to make them out to be. This is a really highly sophisticated operation by guys that are just this is an addictive mental disease. They're they're akin to serial killers, but a lot smarter. That's what I think. I think serial killers are almost dumb child molesters. Yep. I think child <laughs> are smart. So uh, why isn't this on YouTube? Well, it's on Vimeo. It's not on YouTube because uh, Gabe Gabe is our owner. So Vimeo, we can kind of control it, and we have the high-quality version. It's free on Vimeo. But if you put it on YouTube, then it just gets copied, and, and lower qualities keep getting out there. So we want people to see it in the higher quality and the correct version. There's a couple of different pirated versions out there. Um, I think Gabe at this point is, you know, he's not looking to make money on this. So we could easily put this on. I've been trying to convince him to put it on an aggregator so it shows up on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. But I think he feels like that might make people think we're trying to make money on this because when we set out to do this, our original goal was any profits were going to go to a foundation anyways. So any profits from this movie 100% go to charity for for kids who are victims of sexual abuse. So I'm hoping that the uh, financial plan changes on that soon, but that's really Gabe's the sole owner, so he makes that uh, decision. Uh, but what I can tell people is we have another interview that's coming out soon. It's almost like an open secret part two, where we shot it last uh, December, Um we're editing it now, and it's with one of Brian Singer's boyfriends who sort of was a young young male living with Brian during all of this, actually during the time that our documentary came out. And um, it, it's going to be pretty intense. We're waiting for the Esquire article to release first because we feel like our information will be taken more seriously if other third-party information talks about this, and then we can release further information in support of that. So once the Esquire article comes out, you'll see us come out with this video that's going to even blow up uh, Brian Singer's world far that, more than it has been yet. And it, it really shows the connections of what's going on in all this. Is it like a follow up of um, like a follow up to Open Secret or just like a quick little like clip? Is it like, yeah, how long is the interview? It, I mean, uh, the interview, it, it, it was several hours. So, oh, I mean, shit. we'll probably edit it down to anywhere from 20 to 35, 40 minutes, you know, and it'll really. And if we throw in archival information or if we bring in a production company that wants to add more, we can. Do you um, know what your name is? It's really going to show it's going to show the network. It's also going to mention some other really big names. Oh, man. Uh, I, I you, you whatever you need from me, please, you have. I will do anything to help you guys get anything out, man. I am. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. I have one last question. <laughs> Within the world of conspiracies, I often get called a gay Jew shill. I get called that by everybody. Uh, shill, controlled opposition. Do you guys get that at all? Do you guys get told you're you're part of this, yeah, you're well, part of that, you're CIA funded? What do you? Do you- I, will admit, I, I applied as a CIA. But apparently they don't need white guys who only speak one language. I think they got enough of those dudes. <laughs> um, so I, I, I get CIA shill all the time. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's hilarious seeing some of this stuff. Uh, Gabe engages with it because there's become sort of a whole sub-level of people who profit off this stuff. Uh, you know, they'll sell T-shirts or, or uh, 
you know, ask for donations, and they just ramble on about ridiculous shit, and they never investigate anything. They never have anything to back it up. Like, we, we actually hired attorneys and clearance attorneys and follow copyright laws and libel laws and defamation laws. There's a reason why we haven't been sued. Um, and other people can go out and make wild accusations, but they won't be sued because they have no money. So it is a little scary to me how stupid people are on Twitter um, and how they make these claims when they don't even know you. But when you know the truth, you know, you, you just you just laugh at it and you, you just ignore them. Uh, I, I welcome anyone who wants to bring truth into this. We've been waiting for help for years. And hopefully like this Esquire article will finally be some relief for us because this is not like our full time jobs. And we never thought that this would be such a part of our lives as it has. But we don't quit. And we know that this is right. And we know it's a good it's a it's doing some good in the world. So we're just trying to pass the baton to to the media. We want the media to pick up the ball. I just don't know if they ever will. But we're grateful for people like you guys who, who do, because that's where I think the media is now. It shows exactly like this. And uh, that's where people are getting it. You know, wow. I mean, Brian Williams is not breaking any news on pedophilia in Hollywood. Well, he's okay. a liar anyway. So who gives a fuck about that, dude? <laughs> Um, my girlfriend can't stop watching him. It's, it, it drives me nuts. I come, I'm going to break the television one day. Uh, he is Matthew Venetanis. Thank you so much for coming on, dude. Uh, your, your movie is The Open Secret, and we're so thankful that you came on. Everybody go Venmo, go check, uh, Venmo and go uh, check it out. And uh, thank you, dude. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it was a great interview, and uh, I really, you're really laying yourself on the line for, for people who can't defend themselves. And the most defenseless of every, everybody are the children. Are the children, you know, foster kids. All these kids, you know, kids that just disappear. And, you know, you're doing a great job. And I really appreciate the hard work. And uh, for a CIA shill, you're a good guy, man. I got to tell you that right now. And that's from a gay Jew shill, okay? So I appreciate everything you've done. Matthew, thank you for coming on. And uh, please, come, when that article comes back, please come on again so we can promote it for you, all right? All right. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Have a good time when you're in Boston. All right, buddy. You're a G. Take care, everybody. All right. Thank you very much, Matthew. Guys, thanks for listening. Aaron, thank you so much for letting us go a little over. And uh, XG, you're a G, dude. What's up? Of course. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.